Again, you wanted it bright and early. No, I didn't. You're getting it bright yeah, and early. This was great. One, two, three. All right, you ready? Uh, um, Sure. All right, here we go. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. As always, we're two guys talking sports movies. Today's sports movie is The Sandlot. Yeah. And you suggested this, by the way. So We all make mistakes. Grain of salt with, <laughs> with everything you hear from Bobby Hensley today because he's not overly excited about The Sandlot. I'll kind of run up. Here's here's the setup. Okay, it's for for anyone who hasn't seen it. Maybe maybe there's people in your age demographic who haven't. Thirty five and under. I don't think so. I think more people have because it's like an iconic kids movie. Okay, people think so. It's 1962. A kid named Scotty Smalls moves to a new neighborhood with his mom and his stepdad. His, the uh, stepdad's played by Dennis Leary. He's a jerk, never keeps his promises. He seems to play that role a lot in things he does. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So it's like, as far as casting, which we'll talk about later, he seemed like the perfect fit for this. Yeah. He's told the kid he would teach him how to play catch, but his wife basically has to twist his arm one day to finally go out and play catch. And I don't know how long they've been married at this point. <laughs> You'd have thought he, he could have found, found 10 minutes at some point to go play catch with his new stepson. Sure, and he wasn't really playing catch. He was peppering the ball at him. That's right. So the kid stinks. He can't catch. He can't throw. He'd rather be playing with his erector set in his room. Mom tells him, get out of the room, go have some fun, get the fresh air, get in trouble, all that kind of stuff. The mom, by the way, is played by Karen Allen, who's probably best known for being in Raiders of the Lost Ark and also being Boone's girlfriend in Animal House. She has the the fling with Donald Sutherland in Animal House. Another one of those movies I haven't seen. Let's not even go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, so the kid's new to the block. There's a Sandlot baseball game that goes on every day. Eight kids, as they say, they never kept score. They never picked sides. They just kept playing. And the leader of the pack is Benny the Jet Rodriguez. He wears PF Flyers tennis shoes, by the way. Yeah. Guaranteed to make you jump higher and run faster. They actually brought PF Flyers back after this movie. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they were. Um, ben Zobrist tried to wear some PF flyers the last couple of years, but Major League Baseball made him take them off because they weren't up to uniform code. Well, yeah, it was like uh, steroids kind of. He was jumping too high and running too hard. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Benny, though, he's the most mature kid in the group. He actually teaches Smalls how to throw and how to catch. And they tease this early and often. Benny would eventually get Smalls out of the biggest pickle they would ever be in. So there's your setup. Yeah. One of those lines I kept bringing up. Yeah. When was the last time you saw this before watching it? I've probably watched this movie this function. a total of five times in my life, maybe. And the last time was in college, so 10 years ago, maybe. Okay. How about you? I was in college 25-plus years ago. I know I watched it several times, and I was still – Roommates, my my roommate and I, another big sports fan. We watched. It came out in 1993, right? By the way, and so after that, we probably watched it. I don't know, at least four or five times. Uh, but it had been. It's it's probably been a good 20 years since I've seen this because I because that's the thing. I mean, we never we never really remember exactly the last time we watched these things before we sit down and and do them for this podcast, but. This one, I think it had been longer since I had seen The Sandlot than any of the, the previous movies that we've watched doing this so far. Did you still remember most of it? I did. So I did. it was just like a review for you. Yeah. 
exactly. Because that's that's one of the things. Anything new that you noticed while watching this that you didn't remember prior to sitting down to doing it for this podcast? Yeah, quite a few. Um, the attempts to get the ball back. I felt like in the that might be really the only thing. Yeah, all the it's like they went through a lot of things, and it actually <laughs> showed some kid imagination, which maybe you don't have today. Right, but that's for another part of the show. But go ahead. Well, I'm just going to dive into things that already bugged me. They ruined a full <laughs> erector set trying to get it back. Right. So they don't Not get... to mention a broomstick. Right. So they never get that stuff back. They just get a stupid baseball at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, and I couldn't. I thought that the whole movie was. I didn't realize how long it took him to get the ball back. I thought that was a smaller part of the movie. I think they had to stretch that a little bit. That whole scene you're talking about with the erector set, with the 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 the, the tri vacuums on yeah. the hose, which I thought was, again, it's pretty creative. Yeah, uh, that they've got the catcher's bit, the the bucket with the big steel pole, and of course the dog mauls everything. Yeah, I mean that is one Herculean dog named Hercules, of right, course. Sure. By the way. But yeah, I mean, it, it. I felt like they stretched that a little bit, a little bit too much. I, you know, you talk about the watchability of. But movies. again, this is 1962, so I feel like kids back then had more imagination than probably kids today to be able to come up with. Now, some of that stuff they're obviously not going to be able to come up with, but at the same time, I feel like it kind of maybe. Maybe put that on display a little bit. Are you taking an old man stance here and saying it's better back then because well, kids would actually go outside saying, and play? Well, Is this, are you getting a little deeper than the movie? We'll get to that. I mean, the biggest thing that I didn't remember, but I mean, that's a good point. That with all the attempts to get the ball back once it's in the yard, the junkyard, whatever you want to call it, uh, I didn't remember probably ha- just just what they did go through and how long that whole process. Took, but the the biggest thing for me that I didn't remember was when the movie started. You see the guy walking through the bowels of a stadium, and he's got the big goofy, big build fishing cap on that he wore uh, when he was out playing catch and, and playing ball originally. And then, of course, we find out that it's Dodger Stadium. I had just kind of forgotten, but that, I think that's that's kind of typical because. Again, when you're flipping through, you don't see the exact start of the movie. So you right. see you maybe start 15 minutes in and yeah. then you get cooked and then you watch the that's, rest. That, that's always the very beginning is is probably the thing that I forget the most just because unless you pop the DVD in or, or make a conscious effort to record and watch on your DVR or whatever, you don't see the exact start of the movie. Right. Even when you do put that in, for me, I'm still getting a snack ready or something and I'm assuming there's credits at the beginning so I don't really pay attention. I don't lock in until 10, 15 minutes in anyway. Exactly. Did your opinion of it change at all? I know you were, were not a big fan going in. Did your opinion of this of the Sandlot change at all while re-watching? Yeah, I think so because I, <laughs> before watching – You hated it even yeah, more? Yeah, <laughs> I disliked it even more. Hate's a strong word. I remember thinking it was a kid's movie, and if you go in with that, you're not expecting much. It's okay. Man, I don't know. I just couldn't sit through it hardly. It was a tough watch for me. Interesting. See, I found this a lot easier to sit and watch than, like, for Love of the Game, which you love, because you love Jane and the love story and the whole thing. Yeah, you know, there's good relationships in that movie. This is just a bunch of stupid kids. I don't think my opinion really changed. I was watching it, though, knowing that you really don't like it, so that was kind of in the back of my mind. <laughs> is that going to, to affect me one way or the? It's not Field of Dreams. It's not Bull Durham. But, I mean, it's not supposed to be. It's a look back at childhood when kids were actually out playing on the sandlot, playing 
outside with your friends, just fun and carefree and, and all that stuff. And hitting the ball into the old man's backyard was the worst thing that was ever going to happen to you in your life. Sure, and I had that happen. We all think had some version of that. And I remember one of the fences, if we hit a wiffle ball over, it was a privacy fence with a dog, and you wouldn't get the ball back. And a couple times, people would try and... So this movie's more relatable than any of the other ones we've ever watched. Here's what's funny. I just thought about this with the hitting the ball and, and the whole thing, because I live next to two parks, and I always see older gentlemen out hitting their golf balls across these parks because they're huge and spacious, right? Well, it's been, I don't my son was still probably preteen. Instead of going to those parks to do it, he's chipping down our block, and oh. he accidentally hits a golf ball into an old lady's <laughs> window. Oh, that's nice. And he ended up, to pay for the window, he ended up doing chores for her for a couple of months. So... Fairly relatable. Was the way he just hit it further than he thought, or he chinked it? Hit it. I think he hit it further than he thought. Well, good for him. He's a prodigy. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. The golf thing didn't really work out. (laughs) The question, well, we always ask, is it in your all-time top sports movies? The answer for you is obviously no. No. Is it for you? No, it's not. And then I, so then the next thing we always break it down by um, sport. I thought about what if we break it down by kids' movies for sports? Instead of even baseball. You see, like I put this above Little Big League and and those kind of movies. Way above that stuff. I didn't really, again, we'll probably get to that at some point. Little Big League and some of those kind of things. I I think this, as far as kid-centered sports movies, I would put this up at the top. It's been a long time. I think I've seen Mighty Ducks once. That's another one that comes to mind. Mighty Ducks would be number one for me. Bad News Bears, though. I really like the Bad News Bears. <laughs> the remake? The original. Okay. Definitely the original. We always ask, does it hold up over time? And for me, again, this is a period piece. Sure. And so it's it's got to hold up for that reason alone. But here's here's the big thing. And I'm wondering, because, again, you and I have a pretty good age difference between us. I was born... At the end of the 1960s, you were born when I was a teenager in the middle of the 1980s. Right. Okay, so you were like, what, seven, eight years old when this movie came out. I was in my 20s when this movie came out. Different space of life. Yeah, and I mean, it's a nostalgic look at something that just doesn't happen today. A bunch of kids, they're out getting together, playing ball in the sandlot. So to an extent, you can argue that it doesn't hold up just because you don't see that anymore kids today probably can't relate to it and i'm wondering because i think that again i live right next to two big parks and while there are old men out there they're hitting their golf balls there's soccer fields in both parks there are baseball fields small practice like there one park has a couple of what you would probably classify as sandlot parks there's a softball field in one there's plenty of room to play baseball the only time you see kids out there playing soccer or baseball these days is when they're out there with an adult and they're practicing, either practicing or having a game. You don't see a group of kids go out and just play ball together anymore. So I'm curious because that's how I grew up. In the 70s and 80s, we were always out. We had we had neighborhood games all the time. There were kids of all ages out there playing ball and stuff like that. The only sport where I see that still happening today, because there's a basketball court at at the park where I live next door too, you see different groups of whether they're adults, teenagers, kids, they're out there playing basketball. You don't see them play in the other sports. So I'm curious as someone born in the (laughs) 80s, 
grew up predominantly in the 90s. Were you guys ever out there on the, you know, playing ball, doing whatever? So basically you were out there on, like there was no parents, unsupervised, just playing ball. Nothing. Just kids. There and, were no adults, period. And look how you turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can argue one way or the other. No. When I was a kid, we'd still go, like, we. it was a neighborhood thing. We didn't have a park, but like, we just, there'd be a football game that would start in somebody's backyard and mm-hmm. everybody would just show up. Or we'd play wiffle ball in somebody's yard. So that's good. And everybody would still show up, and it was always just a big group of us, and no matter what. I think now, yeah, it's changed, but I think that then there's the dangers around being alone at a park have changed, too. I don't want to get too dark on you, but it's not as uh, peaceful as it used to be in the world. That's true. But at the same time, I I think some of that, we base all all of our decisions on that on the worst-case Scenario, That's true. Unfortunately, and you hear about it more because it's easier to hear about. Things. Parents are more concerned about. I mean, like I did make my like I never rode around with a helmet on when I was riding my bike, for example, when I was a kid. I made my son because we lived a little bit more, not completely rural, but in kind of a subdivision that was outside of town a little bit. So there was a lot less traffic. But living in town, I made him you know wear the helmet and all that kind of stuff. And there was actually a kid who lived just a couple blocks away from us who got. Hit by a car, so <laughs> or so I definitely kept the helmet on. And you were driving that. that car, weren't you? So you did, yeah. No, come on now. <laughs> so you did to a little, but I mean that's that's what I think is depending on your age demographic, like the fact that that you have such a negative attitude toward this. It seems like a generational thing because like this is more nostalgia for people probably forty and over, whereas. 40 and under, really 35 and under, especially, I just think you didn't, you didn't grow up with this as much. So it, it doesn't mean as much to you. I think people sort of in more in my age group are probably attracted to this more because it's a nostalgia thing. See, I don't know. I, like I said, we grew up playing ball and like, we'd just go out and start playing until whatever time it got dark. And then that even went through college. We would just have like a, a moving softball game that we'd start in the, afternoon and then people had classes they'd leave people would come back after class we just play all the time i mean that's a little bit older but even as a kid we still would be out there all the time here's one thing when we asked does it hold up over time and again now this was set in 1962 but there is a line oh i wonder if it's the same one that used to be really funny but you say it now and it's a lot different i think i have the same line written down um mine is you play ball like a girl there you go Completely acceptable back then, and for a long time, even really. maybe the nineties. Yeah, I would say through the nineties, sure, and, and maybe even to ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, so but like, now that's completely different. That's you, way out of taste. That would never make its way into a movie today. I'm almost surprised because I, <laughs> I found so every week we I kind of text like, hey, where'd you stream this? Where'd you find this movie? This week I didn't because I saw that it was on MLB Network randomly, mm-hmm. so I recorded it. And I'm surprised they don't clip that scene out or that line out. It's kind of iconic because you can't have that whole wit back and forth without that ending. See, I don't think it's the kind of line that that crosses no. a line. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more with with the Me Too and, and a lot of things going on. I don't I don't think that it crosses the offensive line. I think you can still have it in there. Just personally. doesn't age well. I mean, that that used to be you play ball or you throw like a girl. That used to be like the biggest insult that you could say to another boy back then. But again, like now, especially with the growth in, in female sports and Title IX and all that stuff, I mean, there are probably a lot of girls who can definitely 
they're just as well, if not not just as well, but way better sure. than guys out there. Yeah, they can throw a lot better than me. Yeah. Favorite scenes in the movie that Bobby Hensley does not really care for, <laughs> The Sandlot. When the kid gets hit in the face by his dad throwing the ball. I thought that was... <laughs> no. uh, I was hoping the movie would end there. You... Smalls, you little jerk. Well, I'll just go to mine. My, my, I think <laughs> you my, had some. That's I think good. My absolute favorite is when Squints cracks at the pool. He jumps into the swimming pool because he's got a crush on Wendy Peffer, Peppercorn. Peppercorn, who is much older than him. They're all like 11, 12 years old, and Wendy is in high school. And, of course, she's a lifeguard at the swimming pool, and it's a neighborhood. Again, back a neighborhood thing. They all go swimming together. They do all this stuff together. But it's So it was too hot to play ball one day, so they all go to the swimming pool. Squints has always had a crush on Wendy Peppercorn, and he decides that he's going to take matters into his own hand. Oh, man. She don't know what she's doing. She don't know what she's doing. Yeah, she does. She knows exactly what she's doing. I've swum here every summer in my adult life. Every summer, there she is. Oily. 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 And one day, it became too much for Michael Squints Polidorus. I can't take this no more. And he did the most desperate thing any of us had ever seen he can't swim but he goes to the diving board he (laughs) jumps in and then he sinks Sinks. to the bottom of the pool wendy gets rid of her sunglasses she jumps in she pulls him out and she's doing mouth to mouth on him and in the process of doing mouth to mouth she had she had given him what probably two three four puffs and uh, all of a sudden they zoom in on squint's face and he looks over and he cracks the biggest grin in the world as he looks over at his buds and then when she goes to give him the the uh, the next recessive blow he gives her a big kiss that that to me is my favorite my favorite scene in the whole movie i could see you pulling a move like that when you were that young <laughs> that's I yeah, mean, that, and then they follow that up they ruin the moment by saying something about being in a pickle again yeah Everything they get into is a pickle. Goes maybe. back to the pickle. They they teased being I in the pickle a little bit too much. Yeah, too much for me. Uh, I also like the scene where they're, where it's gross and I had I, to look away. Was, I put that as my favorite At the scene. amusement park? Go yeah. ahead. You, I'll let you have this one. So they're celebrating their win over a Little League. Yeah. Or, well, I, I wrote something about that later too. But the kids with the uniforms yeah, and the so hot shots. I'll just kind of tell you. That bugs me. Who were these kids that randomly just showed up? Was that a little league? Was that a school? Yeah. Who are these people riding around in the summer on their in full uniform bikes in full uniforms? But yeah. they're not playing right then. They'll yeah. play the next day. But they had their uniforms on and ready to go. Why wouldn't you just have played then? Yeah. A lot of questions. And there. why didn't any of the Sandlot kids play any kind of organized ball? I mean, right. Was Benny the Jet really going to get that good by playing against a bunch of kids two years younger than him? Yeah, and one kid that could hit a ball far, and then everybody yeah. else kind of. But anyway, no, oh, yeah, digress. Oh, look, you don't like the movie either. <laughs> um, so they're on. So they're celebrating their win, and they bring a bag of tobacco, and they go on a ride that's pretty intense for them anyway. Twirly, whatever. It might be make you nauseous anyway. Yeah. But the fact that they all tried tobacco for the first time. And they were all having fun, and then through the scene, they all get their stomachs upset, and then they end up losing their tobacco and everything else that they'd eaten that day. Yes, again, 
It's pretty disgusting to look at. But like the lead up to it, just knowing what's coming. Yeah. That was like that was squirming in my seat. But that that was it's a fun scene when you think about it because you've got all these kids who don't know any better and they think they're the best in the world. So they're they've got the the big chief the chew or whatever it was. Yeah, the chaw and, and they put it in. I almost forgot. What? What? Chaw. You were saving it for a good time. What is it? Big chief. The best. She's small. I suppose you don't even know who the babe is either. <laughs> it's plug. What? Chewing tobacco? Backy, man. What do you do with it? You're killing me, Smalls. Chewing, of course. You do? Yes. Yeah, sure, man. All the pros do. Yeah, yeah. Gives you tons of energy. Yeah. Let's dip. I do like the dog chase scene after Benny gets the ball out of the backyard and, and the dog blows the fence up and chases him out of there uh, through the alley and through the movie theater. I, and I think probably, especially seeing it the first time, it, some of it's obviously predictable. Like you knew when they're sitting there watching in the movie theater that that dog's going to come in and bust it up. And you knew that when you saw that big tall cake that that wasn't long for the movie right, yeah. anymore. But still, there was some good stuff in there. I, I, I like that scene. Well, and obviously the way that they framed the dog was always great because it was always a camera shot from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So that dog always looked... Seemed to be More the biggest beastly. thing. Yeah, biggest thing in the world. I like Ham, the catcher, insulting the batters during yeah. the baseball game. That kind of a little kid with a, a little nuance to his game there. Yeah, he's the one that also told people they throw like a girl. Yeah. Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game, and i got to get home for lunch. <laughs> That's one. You know, if my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. The heater. was wasn't it yeah he's had a lot of child movies movie roles yeah and that's we'll get to the casting here in a little bit any favorite any other favorite scenes before we get to favorite lines i mean you're if you're not a big fan of this so i'm still kind of shocked that you suggested just watching this i guess we're just staying on the baseball theme because this is our fourth podcast and this is baseball movie number four yeah um no scene actually comes out to me like i say that the scene where they're playing the night game that's pretty cool on the 4th of July. See, I thought that was a little like, from a cinematic standpoint, it's cool, but right. you're still not going to be able to see the ball. And that was another thing I wrote, another thing that bugs me. There's no way that the fireworks are going to light it off unless exactly. it's like a really great grand finale. You needed to have cars lined up with the headlights on at the and very least. And then you least. can't see the ball between the lights. Be, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to see it up in the air. But yeah. All right, so any favorite lines? You're killing me, Smalls. That's probably the most favorite, famous line from this I whole movie. I say that out loud or text that to somebody every single day. So that line always holds up to me. That's a very good one. A friend of mine I saw for Father's Day, he got a shirt that says, You're killing me, Smalls. And his son has a shirt that just says Smalls on it. That's pretty funny. Young son. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. cool little, little Father's Dress Day. Dress the thing. kid up and stuff. Yep. He can't help and make him. Don't be a doofus. That's a line from the movie. That's true. Makes me laugh. I like the uh, she don't know what she's doing when when they see uh, Wendy yeah. in the swimsuit. She, and she's walk, she don't know what she's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah she, she does. does. <laughs> she knows exactly what she's doing. 
Uh, I think another great line. And see, here's the difference between the movies we've done before and this one. This one, the favorite lines are just lines. Whereas the other movies, they were speeches, pretty yeah, much. That's true. Um, this one, another one I use all the time is that forever. I like that. You can use that still. There's a lot of one-liners, I guess, but um, just, ham, ham. When ham was making the s'mores, I, I don't know why, but first you take the gram, you put the chocolate on the gram, then you roast the mallow. Just the way. The fact that he's calling it Malo, it's not marshmallow. It's you take the Malo. Now, is that a regional dialect thing, though? Never heard that before. That's in California, so maybe so. Like, you know, soda versus pop. Yeah, could be. Uh, and then uh, when I, Yeah Yeah says squints was perving a dish, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a good line. I like it because I knew his name was Yeah Yeah, but I forgot until every time he'd have a line and he'd say Yeah Yeah in front of it. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where, or the line where he goes, just put your glove up and I'll take care of the rest. Yeah. And then he hits when the ball he's out right in the to outfield. him. Yeah. Yep. That was a good line. And then he still can't throw, but he learns to throw. Eventually he learns to throw. So then I even so I think it's funny too when he catches the ball, then he won't throw it in. He goes and hands it to him. Yeah. I think that was a funny line. Yep. Favorite characters? Uh Benny. Man. Benny was a good character. You like Benny? I did. Just the best player on the team. And so this was a funny I was looking stuff up and there was some article of every baseball movie of every baseball character in a fantasy draft who would you take like to draft uh-huh. like a fantasy baseball team and they had Benny the Jet at like number two I can't remember who number one was really but it's funny because when he shows up on the Dodgers at the end spoiler alert he's already like they say he's a little bit older and he's already lost a step so yeah they really don't say how many years later that was do they no or what the but he's got to it's got to be at least 15 years Later, if not twenty. Well, how old is he in the in the Sandlot? They really don't say, but most of them, most of the rest of the kids are like eleven or twelve. So I'm guessing Benny is thirteen or fourteen. He's but, a little bit older than the rest because so he's obviously more mature. So then, fifteen years later, he would only be twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. He'd still be in the prime of his career. Yeah. And what stage was that at the end that he's playing? Like, oh, the most crucial part of the season, or something. They say they don't really get into. If they clinched a division or if they won something. Yeah, that's true. Squints is probably my favorite character. I mean, I've talked to all about him and Wendy Peppercorn. I mean, that's I was like, say, something with you and Squints connects, huh? Squints has his priorities straight, man. <laughs> I mean, from a from a young age, he knows what he wants. And as they say, at the end, he ends up marrying Wendy Peppercorn and they have a bunch of kids together. Like nine so, kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he gets the girl. So, I mean, that's... Far and away, I, I kind of like him. Comedic relief. A lot. Most of the other characters are just kind of there for fluff for, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that whole thing. Uh, what about uh, James Earl Jones' character? Good, but ooh, tough. That's the best part of the movie: the fact he has a connection to Babe Ruth and the Yankees. You're the I baseball guy, and he's the one that actually played baseball in the movie. Well, let me let me go with this then, since we're talking about. That any casting changes that you would have made to this? No, I I think the, all the kids played their roles pretty well. Squints looked like a dweeb, you know. Ham looked like a catcher. Benny I did, the Jet looked athletic. I didn't really like the actor who played Adult Smalls, who's the baseball broadcaster at yeah. the end. I didn't think that he fit the role of a broadcaster. I don't know why. <laughs> See, you're, they went with him. You're upset about one scene that a guy was in for two minutes. He was in Full Metal Jacket. 
Do you remember him? No, I I'm not that. saying I'm upset. I'm just saying I mean, we're, we're saying is there are there any casting changes? I mean, would have been cool if they would have put a real announcer in that role. Yeah, I mean, you're not. I don't think you're going to get Vin Scully because he would have been out of the age range. But I mean, you could have probably found an actual professional broadcaster. It could have been anyone, really. Put a professional broadcaster in there, and and it would have. Probably made the movie a, a little bit more. Here's one, a couple that I think would have been funny. So Kevin Costner became known as you know baseball-loving guy in Bull Durham in Field of Dreams. What if he is the jerk dad <laughs> instead of Dennis Leary? So now all of a sudden he's on the other side of the spectrum. He's not, he's not the Mr. Nice Guy that everyone loves. Now he's the jerk dad. Instead, it, it, there's no way he would have done it because it would have been too much baseball for him at that point. Right, and, and he's, he's actually having he's, a career. That he's was a taken big star, yeah, yeah, in the whole thing. That would have been pretty funny. Dennis Leary plays that role so well. He does. Actually, was that's my favorite it's casting the best of that. Cast, yeah. yeah, it actually it, it is. And it, I had actually look it up. I'm like, is that Dennis Leary? I know. Like, What's interesting about the cast? They were all again. They're they're like mostly 11 or 12 when the movie's made. Most of them never really did anything no. afterwards. So I mean. I think for the kids, you probably could have gotten just about anybody, which they essentially did. Tom Geary, I don't know exactly how you say his name. He plays young Scotty Smalls. He has just 43 IMDb credits. credits. Patrick Renna, who played Ham, has 50. And you talked about him. He played a lot of kind of younger guys. Yeah, he's big in the early 90s. The actress who played Wendy Peffercorn has 70, which like she's still acting today. Just, it, just a big. lot of really small roles along the way. And really, that's it's like that for both of the other two guys as well, Smalls and, and Ham. A, a lot of small roles, but for the most part, the rest have like 8 to 12 credits. They never really right. did a whole lot again. Well, and a lot of those credits were the Sandlot like, yeah. 2 yeah. or something, the or sequel. spinoffs or like small yeah. roles because of this. Yeah. So what about the main player uh, characters? Who else could have played the main characters then? Like Smalls, who could have played them? See, I'm not anyone. It's different because you know you're talking about a movie that came out in 1993. Yeah. So like, if you had to get kids, you know, they would have to be kids back then. They couldn't find like a yeah. Um, who's that kid from The Sixth Sense? Oh, that's true. He would have been a good sliding. He looks unathletic. Yeah, like Joel maybe. Osment. Yeah. Yeah. So he could have played that role pretty well, I think. Yeah, I just, I mean, none of the adults really figured into the plot. And again, you, it's cool that they got. James Earl Jones, or J- yeah, James Earl Jones. That's correct. At the end, for his second baseball movie. For, yeah, exactly. Even so he, though he hates baseball, he get yeah, yeah, that's true. The real life actor <laughs> hates baseball. Doesn't it, well? Does he hate it or does he just not follow it? Do I hate this movie or do I just not follow it? Yeah. Interesting that Art Lafleur. Do you right. know? Do you know yeah. who that is? He played Babe Ruth. Yeah, he plays Babe Ruth. He comes to Benny in a dream, and he was in Field of Dreams. He was Chick Gandel yeah. in Field of Dreams. Now, again, I thought that guy looked familiar, and then I realized that he played in that. And Had to that, look him up. That whole scene was kind of weird, too. Yeah. But it, I know. I'm being too harsh. It's a kid's movie with a dream sequence. I just need to let it go. So you really you really haven't told me, like, why you don't like The Sandlot. What is it that bugs you so, so much about The Sandlot? So what bugs me about it is pretty – well, a lot. that. <laughs> The movie, to me, I didn't see it for the first time until I was in college, so I never had the nostalgia of seeing it as a child. Okay. When I saw it, I don't remember why, just that day it didn't connect with me, and it's not even, I really don't hate it, hate it. 
I would never watch it on my own. Was it something that other people told you, oh, you've got to watch yeah. The Sandlot? You've my, never seen. So naturally, when that happens with you, you're you're going to – it's going to really have to meet a certain level of expectation. And if it doesn't, forget about it. I almost just have no emotion towards it, and that makes me mad that I wasted time watching it. That's yeah. how I feel. Because like Bull Durham I'd never watched before, and you told me how great it was, and I went into that, and I enjoyed that movie. So it's not even necessarily that. It's, I think when I went into this the first time, I thought it was going to be a baseball movie, and I heard it was like iconic. My college roommate was obsessed with this movie, knows it line by line, and so I went into it thinking, oh, it's going to be some great baseball movie, and I'm like, it's not really about baseball at all. Well, it's about baseball. Oh, what are you talking about? And how dumb The is whole it? thing is centered around baseball. It's just the sandlot. It's not organized baseball, which, again, I think is what makes it stand out from everything else that's been made about baseball. Then how dumb is the kid to grab a Babe Ruth ball to go out there and yeah, play? Yeah, that and then like nobody. When you, when you look at the things, we 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 kind of skipped over the things that that bug us because you hit a couple of them early. That's one of the biggest ones to me. I mean, how how does a kid? I don't I don't care. You know, for one, why does the stepdad? If baseball means that much to him, how do they not? make any connection at all. And if you're the mom and you're marrying this guy, are you really going to marry someone who's not connected at all to your and did to you, your son? Did you see with his, when his glove split? Did you see how like the quality was so poor? Wouldn't you think he'd at least get him a good glove? Yeah. So that he's not out there getting cuz any throw would have broken that glove and hit his face. By the way, the glove that Benny ends up giving him after the after the the little plastic glove splits that's the kind of glove I had in the 70s. It was a hand-me-down from my uncle. It was just like this big with the big mitted fingers and all that kind of stuff. Like not a whole lot of webbing. It's just almost a hand glove. Exactly. See, but that's what like And I'm not you... saying I liked having that. I would have much rather had <laughs> nice Rawlings. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, but that's mean... what it used to be. You'd get the hand-me-downs and you felt, uh, felt special for having that yeah. glove. I just I can't believe that the kid knew so little about Babe Ruth. But again, this goes back to, I know we've touched on this on one of our other podcasts. On the Green Wheel Wheel! What? On the Green Wheel Wheel! What? On the Great Bambino. Oh. Who's that? What? I had no idea who they were talking about. What did you say? What, were you born in a barn, man? Yeah, yeah, what planet are you from? But there was no way I could let them know. You never heard of the Sultan of Swat? The Titan of Terror. The Colossus of Clout? The Colossus of Clout. The King of Crash, man. So? I lied. Oh, yeah, the Great Bambino. Of course. I thought you said the Great Bambi. That wimpy deer? Yeah, I guess. Uh, sorry. Like, there are a lot of people who know zero about sports. And they kind of look at sports people weird, but we <laughs> sports people look at them weird. It's how could anyone, especially in that time period, 1960s, exactly. there's not a whole lot. There's no video games. There's none of the stuff we have now. What else is going on that you've never heard of Babe Ruth? Well, and to that point, it's like now you have all these new players. You can say names and maybe there's been so many records broken since then, but Babe Ruth's records held up for a real long time. And this is only 30 years after that. Yeah. So everybody would have known him because there wasn't anybody even touching his records or he getting was, close yeah. to him. He was still the man. Well, if this was made in 62, 
I mean, you've got Willie Mays, you've got Hank Aaron. They're still playing. Well, Maris broke the point. record the year before. Yeah, but wouldn't but you've that also, was single season. But also, wouldn't you have heard of Maris was going for that record, and that would have been popular to talk about he's breaking Babe Ruth's record? One would think. I mean, I wasn't. Although it was a lot then, of radio but, and black and white TV, and not everybody had TV back then. But if you're going to play baseball, I still say if the stepdad was that into baseball, I mean, he's got a freaking whole office that's full of baseball stuff. I just I can't believe that. Scotty Smalls knew zero about Babe Ruth. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of dads. That that kid would exist. I'm sure there's plenty of stepdads that are baseball fans that aren't good stepdads. Good point. That's also what it could be. Good point. Like, don't touch my stuff. Don't ever go in there. Like, turning the kid against it. Yeah. All right, what else? Anything else? Um, Should it ever be remade? uh, Can you? It's like you say it's a period piece, so you could remake it if you wanted, and it would be fine. It could hold up because now, you know, a lot of movies from the even early 90s, cell phones would change the whole way the movie was made. Yeah. But when you go to a period piece, it's a little bit different because you can always remake those period pieces, and people think fondly of the 60s. My initial thought was I was surprised that it hasn't been remade. They did make a sequel, which I don't even think I saw. Didn't hear good things about it, like how are you really going to follow that up? So is this one of those movies that when it comes on, you end up watching the whole thing no matter what? No. So it's not like Shawshank. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm past that, that Shawshank phase. I'll, I'll see Shawshank now, and I'll keep going. There was a, wow. time, there was a time when I would have to stop You've on changed. Shawshank just to see. I mean, there's, there's a lot of others that, I, that I'll stop on. See, and then, I don't know, you keep talking about the stepdad and whatever. If he... Dennis Leary just doesn't look athletic enough for me to pull off. To actually be a baseball player. To throw the ball hard enough to give somebody a black eye. But he grew up. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, he grew up in the earlier 70s, late 60s. He was probably out there. He's a he's from Boston. He's Red Sox fan. Grew up on Ted Williams and Yaz and the whole thing. Probably and, um, not Ted Williams, but more Yaz anyway. And then uh, the line, you're killing me, Smalls, I guess, or, uh, yeah, you're killing me, Smalls, is actually a paraphrase of a line from the Denver Broncos coach, Lou Saban. Really? Yeah. And they also paraphrased that in a league of their own the year before. So the line was actually ripped off. But that's fine. Good stuff. Now's the time when we have to decide, what are we doing next week? Hopefully a movie better than this one. (laughs) From your standard, I don't think that's going to be hard. I'll tell you what. <laughs> we've stuck with baseball. We're in the middle of summer. So do you want to just keep going baseball that's fine. for a little bit longer? There's, there's a lot of good baseball movies. Let's just go with the one you mentioned because it's been out there. You want to go a league of their own? We can do that. Okay. It's a lot of cast, a lot of powerful people in that. Tom Hanks, Madonna. And so what's funny is we started this movie podcast that I'm happy to do. Oh, boy. Here it We've comes. had one movie... From beyond 1993. That's just, you know, it's great. You're old. It happens. Well, again, we're, we're looking at movies that have been out there for a while. We can, I mean, when you stop and think about it, especially good sports movies, there haven't been as many recently, I don't think. Now, there are a lot of uh, – this is, this is a big space. There are a lot of sports <laughs> movies out there, so we've got time. Yeah, we're not going to run out of material. I was, I was thinking Moneyball initially but you brought up field of dreams do you want to do field of dreams first and then we already did field of dreams sean oh a league of their own i'm sorry 
you're in a we're recording we're yeah. recording earlier today than we usually do yeah so my coffee just ended so and I'm i haven't had coffee yet, i'm in so. a different headspace right now. um no league of their own be a good one okay so a league of their own is our next podcast we've had fun doing this so far at least i've had fun have you had fun i've had fun it's have just you it's different because you watch the movie and you are more critical and we take notes so it's not like we're watching it for enjoyment yeah, that's it's it's a lot different doing this when we're doing it to actually sit down and talk about it than than just sitting down to watch a movie. Yeah. Because one, you have to make time to do it. You have to keep your notes. You have to do the whole thing. It's just a lot different process. Yeah, and then you but it's still fun. Takes a lot to, longer to watch the movie because you're hitting stop a lot. That's true too. And then I have to think of you more, which is worse. <laughs> like, well, Sean will love this scene. Some things will never change. Yeah. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers. Next week, a league of their own. Two guys talking sports movies. Killing me, Smalls.